Welcome back to One Step, where we talk about the small steps in the process of finding our truth. We explore life's deepest questions around family, careers, relationships, money, and creativity, while also celebrating the small victories. We're breaking down the wall between who we think we should be and who we really are. This is a reminder to ourselves that change doesn't happen overnight. It happens one step at a time. I'm your host, Ingrid Nilsson, and I've spent the last decade living on my own and also working from home. And now I'm still working from home, but not living alone. Today, I'm so excited to have Erica Anderson here again because she was actually a guest here on One Step in season one. She is an executive producer at Vox Media, and she also happens to be my girlfriend, and she also is the person I have been quarantining with. So we received a lot of requests from listeners to talk about working from home, what it has been like, and also people really wanting the experience of someone who wasn't used to working from home and what it's been like for them to work at home now. And so I immediately thought of Erica because Erica went from having a very traditional job setup where she was commuting into work, she was working in an office, she was around people all the time, and she was used to having those in-person interactions, and now her entire work life has changed drastically. So I think she's been doing a really great job in terms of this adjustment, and I thought it would be great to talk to her about working from home. And we're also going to talk a little bit about what it has been like unexpectedly living together. So here she is, Erica Anderson. Hi, Ingrid. I'll let you kick it off. Oh, this has turned into Erica's podcast. And welcome to the Erica Show. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Hey, Erica. Hi, Ingrid. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk about working from home first, since this was something that was requested from people. And you're someone who was used to working in an office, taking meetings with people, basically having real person interactions pretty much every single day. so long ago. I know. And now you're working from home. Yes. And it's not even your home. It's mine. Right. So you've been through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that have worked for you? Well, one is trying to have a routine. So I still in the morning, let's be honest, I'm definitely dressed very casually. You can't see me, but I'm not, you know, my my level of like what I'm wearing is not as if I was going into the office, but I still do try every morning to get up, have breakfast, wash my face, brush my teeth, do kind of the normal morning routine, put on different clothes, whether that's like a comfortable pair of khakis that I've been wearing pretty much every day and a sweatshirt, but I'm still like getting out of sleep gear, which has been really important and really helpful. I think there's one day when I didn't until like 1 or 2 p.m. and it just felt super weird. And I was like, oh, I got to fix that. So number one, just keeping a morning routine and like switching out into a different set of clothes has helped. Yeah, I find that if I just stay in the same set of clothes I slept in, I just get stewy anyway. Like I start to stink because I was probably sweating while I was sleeping since that's what I do when I sleep. And then if I just continue to wear that clothing, it gets real stewy, which is actually, it becomes distracting (laughs) throughout the day. Totally. I think I I also just want to nap. 
I'm like, oh, is this the weekend? Can I just like curl up on the couch? But there's just something about that. Like it creates a reset for me, no yeah. matter what I'm choosing to put on, whether it's another pair of like pajamas or another pair of sweats or something a little bit more um, upscale. I agree. I mean, I think just going through the process of yeah. changing is helpful. I don't wear anything that is remotely like what I was wearing previously. I'm just in sweats, leggings, whatever is comfortable right now, but it does make a difference changing from my night pajamas to my day pajamas as many of us are living right now. Mm -hmm. But I also want to clarify that I am just not in the mood to be wearing my other clothing that isn't soft and stretchy and comfortable and cozy. And I've worn makeup a handful of times and it's been when I've felt like I want to play around with makeup. And so that's been really interesting. But getting fully ready on a daily basis is just not what I want to be doing at all. It is not appealing to me whatsoever. I agree. I remember the first few weeks of quarantine, I was still blow drying my hair to get that extra fluff. Now, not once. I haven't gotten the hair dryer out in over two months. And you know, just in terms of keeping in this theme of the morning, like I also make the bed, which I definitely did before quarantine, but is really important. Like I do a series of like straight tidying up, like making the bed, putting away any throws that are left over from the night before, putting away the breakfast dishes, like just kind of setting up the house. I notice you tidy Tato's bed. I tidy, yeah, I just tidy everything because it's like if I'm working and then I get up and like look over and see a space that I don't know looks like I guess what I want to say is it looks like it's kind of after hours like it looks like it's meant for like relaxing and like the treats I get when I'm not working then it just kind of throws me off so I kind of try I try to keep the space like a little bit yeah I don't know helps me to focus to have the space tidy Ingrid, what about you? What has helped you? Obviously, have worked from home before, um, and now you're working from home during the quarantine. You have the addition of me being here. What has worked for you? I think really the same things that have always worked for me, for the most part, the main things continue to work for me. They might look slightly different now, but I am used to spending a lot of time at home, and so I have had to figure out how to break up my days. And so that has been something that's been really helpful for me because I haven't felt like my days are bleeding together. I feel like there is a distinction between my days, and I think that's because I've set that up over the last decade. So that's huge for me. And the way that I do that is I set up weekly commitments. So it might not be every single day I have something that is a regular weekly commitment, but mm-hmm. you know, on Mondays I have a standing appointment and that always happens on Monday. And then on Fridays I do grocery shopping and then on Monday evenings I have a call with friends. And so There are these standing Mm -hmm. commitments, rituals on Sundays. I tend to my plants. And so that helps to break up the days. And so even today, we're recording this on a Friday, and that's when I grocery shop. And it really helps. It just helps me know what day it is, what's happening. It helps me to situate myself into Mm -hmm. my life and into the rest of the week. Yeah. 
And do you think that helps? I mean, it definitely helps me. I'm relating to that. And I have a regular Tuesday night meetup um, with friends. I have regular Friday afternoon catch up with friends. And it definitely helps me to like have that routine to know what the days are, yeah. right? Like, And so that the days don't bleed together, like you said. Yeah. And so I have at least three regular things happening throughout the week that signal to me, oh, this is Thursday because I'm spending all day mm-hmm. writing the newsletter. And mm-hmm. you get into a rhythm when that happens. And a lot of, I mean, some of these things are things that have just happened within quarantine, but because I think I was used to establishing right. those patterns in the past, it made it easier for me to yep. fill it in with other things. Keep that. Yeah, totally. What has been unexpectedly hard about working from home in quarantine, even though you did it before? The screen time. This keeps coming up for me, and I just physically feel it with my eyes. Mm. Like, my eyes are so strained, and, you know, my job is on the internet, but I think what is interesting is that before, I really wasn't on a screen that much because so much of what I was doing happened offline. So, yes, I would be answering emails and there were things that required a computer, but a lot of the conceptualizing involved talking to Christina just face to face Mm -hmm. and shooting a video doesn't involve being in front of a screen. And anytime when I'm in front of a camera doesn't involve looking at a screen. And now there's just so much more screen time because it's, you know, social interactions, work interactions, you know, entertainment everything for the most part is happening on a screen and that has just been really really difficult Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me to adjust to and so I'm still figuring that out but one thing that has helped is maintaining something that I've had since before quarantine which is having at least one hour every morning with no screens Mm -hmm. my ideal amount of time is two hours with no screens It depends on what time I wake up, but I usually have about an hour and a half to two hours where I wake up, I eat my breakfast, coffee, journal, and I have time to just be before I turn on my phone or look at my computer. Yeah. And that feels really grounding. Mm -hmm. What are things that haven't worked for you or have been really difficult? Well, one of the things that has been difficult is... I really used my routine um, and like the regimen of like waking up in the morning, riding the subway into work, going in and having like six or seven hours in the office and then leaving, going to the gym or meeting up with a friend. I like really used this checklist of activities of my life as a way to tell myself at the end of the day that I did great and that I had a full day and without all of that, without that veneer of, or those like physical activities of routine, it's really made me readjust my perception of my own success and how I'm doing in quarantine. And so now what it looks like is if the weather's nice enough, I go out on a run, no matter what. I have made a point to call my friends, even the ones who don't really like talking on the phone, like Mia. <laughs> Mia doesn't like talking on the phone. She's told me this before. I don't care. I keep calling her. Well, she called you yesterday. She did. I know she did. And so I'm just trying to 
be gentle with myself the like kind of quote-unquote success of how I'm doing like like my entire well-being physical emotional mental spiritual it's not going to look the same like oh yeah I went to moto yoga today or I went had dinner with Mia or I went and saw this art show like I really have have had to like reimagine and be flexible with what that looks like yeah well yeah that's been hard but it's doing it's doing okay what is that number that they say it takes like 21 days or 27 days or whatever to establish a new routine? I think 90. Yeah, 90 me too. is what I hear. 90 I, days to like establish a new groove. I I continuously hear this like 20 something number and I think that is not enough yeah. time. That is way too short yeah. in my opinion. I think you can get into the rhythm in that amount of time, but I think it takes at least 3 months. Right. Right. Yeah, it takes time. So I think what we're over 60 days into a quarantine, this new way of life, and I think I'm doing pretty good. But that was definitely a shift in the beginning. Yeah. And I've felt the same way with the nice weather because we've had so many gloomy yeah. Yeah. days. And for me, what I've noticed is that I can't work in a dark space. And yes. I've just known this about yes. myself, just in general. I don't like being in a dark space. But sometimes the day might start off sunny and I'm in one place and then it gets darker throughout the day. So I've had to be aware of that and notice and move positions if the lighting is changing or turn Same. on lights because I can easily just get engrossed in what I'm doing. And then before I know it, you walk in and you're like, why are you sitting in a yeah. dark cave? Do you want some light on? Yeah, that happened yesterday. I mean, the other thing that I found doesn't work for me is – in pre-quarantine, there was a lot of text messages, work text messages. And I've decided in quarantine that doesn't work for me. So even with my colleague, we produce a show together. On her day off, even if there's something I want to text her, I send it to her Slack and I don't text it to her. Or if our boss texts both of us, I've like gently said to that person, like, hey, we're really trying to like not text. <laughs> you know, feel free to email it or Slack it. And there is a difference. It really is like texting feels much more intrusive. If it's like, it feels like a personal space. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely like sometimes talk to colleagues over it, but really I don't want to talk to colleagues over text. I want to talk about, I want to talk about work on email or Slack. And so that's been something that I've realized doesn't work for me and have like set boundaries around in quarantine. Oh, that's such a good one. I've noticed that I've been doing the same thing too. So like with Christina, if we're having a work conversation, mm -hmm. it's usually happening, you know, somewhere else. But then if we're sending like photos to each other, or I'm sending her a picture of Tato or something, I'm texting it to yeah. her. So texting has really become this more exclusively yeah. personal totally. channel. And then all of the work stuff is being pushed out into these other channels, which I actually really like. So I know for the most part, when I open a text message, it's going to be something that's personally related yeah. to, you know, my non-work life. And then if I open up something else in another channel, it's going to be work related. Right. So I can adjust to whatever is happening. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's helpful to have that. And there have been times when I say to people, hey, if it's urgent and I'm not seeing in Slack, please text me. And so I've gotten a few of those, like, hey, Erica, we need you to look at this. And that's great. And I actually really appreciate that. But generally, I don't want to talk to my colleagues over text. 
Yeah. And I don't want to talk to them after hours either. Yeah. And especially about work too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like boundaries are becoming more important than ever right now. I agree. I totally agree. One thing that has definitely worked for me is protecting my time. So I write the newsletters on Thursdays and it pretty much takes me all day to write the newsletter and put it together. And so at first I was like, I can do everything. I can respond to emails when I take a 15 minute break from writing to get some water. And I realized really quickly that it was very unsustainable because my brain just does not like multitasking at all. And so when I step away from writing for 10 to 15 minutes to drink water, I need to be focused on doing that and not running to emails and putting my brain mm-hmm. into another world. It just distracts me. And I then I would end up, you know, answering messages for 30 minutes instead of having the 10 to 15 minute break. So protecting my time around that has been really valuable. So I leave my phone outside of wherever I'm writing, which is usually the office. I close my email tab and I don't look at anything unless I have like a prolonged break or I'm finished writing. Do you think that improves the quality of the work? Yes, 100%. Because it allows me to be with the work when I'm with the work and then to be truly away from the work when Mm -hmm. I'm away from it. And one of the things that's always been part of my creative process is taking breaks. So whether I'm writing something or whatever it is I'm making, there's usually a point where I feel like ideas aren't really, you know, I'm not really dipping into any fresh ideas, but I feel like I need to keep pushing myself forward. But I know if I do, I'm just going to exhaust myself. And I remember my dad used to always tell me, you know, just take a 10 minute break, 10 to 15 minute break Mm. and come back and look at it with fresh eyes. And a 10 to 15 minute break Mm -hmm. does wonders. Mm -hmm. Usually when I come back to my writing, I'm like, this looks like something totally new Mm -hmm. and different. And Mm -hmm. now I have a new perspective on Mm -hmm. it. So you think you'll keep that practice post-quarantine? I don't know how much that will stay, but I think in order to write the newsletter, I do need some kind of protected space on Thursdays, at least, because I Mm -hmm. do like writing it on Thursday, the day before it comes Mm -hmm. out. So it really is the top of mind Mm -hmm. perspective. Love it. And another thing that has worked for me from before quarantine that I've still been doing is having this separation of the day. So a separation between my work day and then moving into my personal evening. And normally before quarantine, this would look like, you know, leaving and going to a yoga class or meeting up with friends for dinner or running to the grocery store or something like that. But now because I've had to create that separation at home, it looks like doing yoga at home or maybe doing a meditation and then showering. Yeah. But no matter what, I'm always showering at the end of the workday. I'm a night shower person in general. I guess technically early evening, but it just helps me to have a physical experience where I feel like I'm literally washing the workday off of me and then I can step out fresh and clean and my body feels physically relaxed from the warm water and I feel clean and refreshed and then I'm able to just kind of melt in 
into the personal evening space. I think I've also, when it comes to my grooming routines, everything has really just gone back to basics. Like I'm not doing anything super out there right now. I'm not really experimenting with new things. I'm using things that I've been familiar with and that I know really work for me. And I'll use, you know, maybe a mask one or two times a week, but I've really just kind of gone back to. I think think you're masking more than you have in the past few months. Really? Yeah. Well, because I think a few weeks ago. But do you know? Because you didn't always see me when I was That's true. I wasn't always here. But there's a lot of like, you did three masks in one night. Okay. Well, that was one night and that was weeks ago. (laughs) That was intense. I was like, oh my God, she's going on three. I don't have even done one. Well, it was because my skin just felt so incredibly dry and irritated. And I was like, I need to do something because this is just physically uncomfortable now. Yeah, totally. Well, I've actually shaved my legs like multiple times in quarantine because it just makes me feel good to like have smooth legs. <laughs> I just, it's like one of these, like actually it does feel like a luxury. You know what I've been thinking about because I can't get a haircut and my hair is so long. I don't even know who I am anymore. When I look in the mirror, I'm like, who is that person with that long hair? I like having my hair around shoulder length or shorter. And so my hair is much longer. And I actually... It is fun to explore what it's like to have long hair on some days, but I do wish I could get at least a trim and I'm not going to cut my own hair because I just know that that's not going to go well. And so I have been thinking about, well, since I can't be cutting the hair on my head right now, what other things can I be doing in order to like help myself just feel like I'm getting a little bit of grooming in and so I've been thinking about like trimming my body hair or maybe even shaving my legs because I feel like I just really need some kind of outlet I feel like we should go to CVS or Walgreens and get remember that like I used to buy when I was like 16 like shave gel and like the pink or purple can oh my god what was that stuff called it has Like, like the wavy top what was that called was it I don't know, but I'm sure they still sell it. It was like skin to mint or something yeah. like that. I'm going to get some skin. That just that feels decadent. And I'm gonna get a new razor. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, Ingrid, I'm taking a bath, leave me alone. And you will try and come in because you always do. And I'm I'm having a private moment in the bathroom and Ingrid always comes in. And that is one of the things we had to talk about with me living here. It's like if the door is closed, it's literally closed. Do not come in. It's also an issue too, because well Yes, one, I should respect that. Your face just got red. So I'm calling you out. (laughs) It's also hot in here too. (laughs) One, I should have respected that when the door is closed, it means don't come in. (laughs) Two, also the lock on the door doesn't really work either. So Yes, I have no I have no defense. Well, I've stopped doing that. (laughs) So I've I've reformed in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 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 always done lovingly. It's like you want to chat. Or I want to get something. Oh, it's not because you want to chat. It's because you need something. I, I always thought it was like, she misses me so well, because, much. Okay, here's the full story. <laughs> Usually what happens is I'm in the bathroom first this is true. doing something mm-hmm. and then I step away because I need like a towel mm-hmm. or something and then Erica zips in. I do. I zip in. And then I still need to continue whatever I'm doing. Remember that so. one time we were brushing our teeth together and you were so mad? Because there's only one sink. 
and, I, you, and you were like disgusted. I I wasn't disgusted. I just have this pet peeve around like brushing my teeth close to someone. Uh, I rude. Well, because <laughs> I don't know. I just it's not one of my favorite things. Well, you know, and here, I just I want space when I'm brushing my teeth. And me, the girl who grew up with siblings and lived in a sorority, I'm just like. Hey, hey, Ingrid. Totally. I'm like only child. Like give me the sink. Give me my space for when I'm brushing my teeth. Also, it's hard to coordinate when like two people are like crammed in a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. So that's been, that's been a thing. The bathroom has been drama for us. It's been a thing. Yeah. But you know, (laughs) it's okay. We're making it. No major fights or throwdowns. I think it's, it's kind of leveled out now as we've as we've figured it out. I think the only really big issue is when we both really have to use the bathroom at the same time. I, yeah. I don't know. If, yeah. That's happened and you're the one who's in there. That's why you, oh, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter yeah. It doesn't you, bother me. Because you're the one who's in there and I'm the one standing outside like really having to pee or <laughs> We're just really – this is the drama happening over here. This is domestic drama. This is honestly Erica's favorite kind of drama though. It you is. Love, you love some good domestic drama. I do. I do. Okay. Well, speaking of domestic drama, we are unexpectedly living together and I was thinking about this because we have found ourselves in a situation where we very much are – living together. And this isn't typically something that happens. And I think more people are experiencing this in this moment where, you know, they probably had to make a decision really quickly in a short amount of time to decide like to live with other people or not, or what their living situation was going to be. And I know for us, it happened really quickly. And especially when it comes to romantic partners, living together, there's usually a longer discussion that's happening around it. Mm -hmm. And so how has it been for you suddenly being in a totally new environment? I mean, not totally new, but it's not your place. Yeah. Well, it has been, I mean, I guess let's just back up. Like when it became clear that there was a global pandemic, which was terrifying, One night we watched Rachel Maddow and we were sitting on opposite sides of the couch. And as the show went on, by the end of the show, we were like pressed against each other with our arms around each other. Yeah. So this is, oh my God. That was a terrifying night because we initially turned it on because we were like, oh, what, what does Rachel have to say? She'll have some, something like helpful for us, something that we should know. And like, we really got sucked into it. And yeah, we were, it was terrifying. We were totally huddled together. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It was God. right before the worst started. And, um, but we, we made a conscious decision for me to move in over here. It wasn't just like, I, you know, it didn't just happen. We talked about it. And I think that was important because um, we did, decide that it was something we wanted to do and we felt was important for both of us and for our relationship just to be together during this. And I think that also was like an incredible sign, a a nice reinforcing sign to me that like how much we love each other, that we wanted to like do this together and be together and that we found like that I find support and comfort in like the routine of being with you and Tato, of course, but you. And so it you know, like I went back to my place. I, it was really hard. I remember when I went back to my place to like get a few things and to water my plants, I felt like really sad because it felt like 
it was there was a stark before and after like my place was this like before the pandemic before you know represented something and I got really sad and then it hasn't been I think the I think the only hard thing is like not living alone like not having those like yesterday I went home this is like the first time I've gone home in a while and I worked from there and just being in a place where you know it's like totally quiet no one else is there there's something like I think that fills me up about that that's nice being home alone we're not even like being home alone there's no opportunity to even be home alone in the situation we're in right now so that's been like weird but I've loved it I was just thinking like we've I don't know. We've made so many like memories together. That sounds really cheesy, but like we have, we've made a lot of memories. We've connected with our individual friends, but also as a couple, we've more deeply connected with other couples that we've been hanging out with on Zoom or that like my family, we've had a lot of conversations with my family or with your mom. And that's been really nice. So I think we've become more of like a unit in this time. And I think the living together stuff is just entertaining, like the bathroom fights and you know, as I things. said, Erica loves domestic drama. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, this is part of domestic drama, I suppose. But one thing definitely that has happened since living with you is that every time I leave the office or turn a corner, I never know what's going to look different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to be cleaned or totally rearranged or reorganized. Yeah. And before I lived here, pre-quarantine, when something like that would happen, you would get mad. Yeah. You Real would, mad. You would actually be mad at me. And like it would cause a bit of a, like, a strife or a struggle. And I was just like, I don't know, spending a lot of time here. You know, I think this should be here. I think this is more feng shui. Or I think, you know, and and – I will say, like, I do have good instincts in interior design. You do. Yeah. But it wasn't my place and it wasn't my place. But since I – I remember we had this conversation, like, since I started staying here, like, it actually is both a creative and, like, a stress outlet for me to be organizing and tinkering and, and change – like, I don't know, decorating. That is something that I love to do. And so, yeah, you just kind of experience that by default. Yeah, and I have become hands-off with that now, too. So now I actually take delight in seeing the things that have changed. One of my favorite things is that what was my entry table is now the TV console. Mm -hmm. I really like how that area has come together. And that was just a simple switch of furniture, although not so simple because that thing was so heavy. And when Mm -hmm. I walked out and it was completely moved and he moved a full-length mirror Mm -hmm. too silently magic christina and i were recording a podcast episode Mm -hmm. and you did it during magic i used to i used to rearrange my room as a kid all the time and i just like took joy in doing it quietly so that no one bothered me so i could just like anyways oh my gosh erica's sister was going through old family photos and you know what she found what wasn't it an article or a photo of you yeah. washing neighbors' cars? My dad's car. Oh, your dad's when car. I was like three or four. And the caption was, Erica Anderson, age four, having the time of her life washing her dad's car. And that was true. I loved cleaning from an early age. <laughs> I was like, if that doesn't sum Erica up, I don't know what does. Yeah. Also, also in the newspapers at an early age. NBD. So... <laughs> Ignored and moved on. So, okay. I'm your biggest fan. Whatever. How's it been working with a little dog around all this time? Oh, he's so distracting. 
Just look, I'm looking at him right now. He's got one paw hanging off his bed. His head is cocked to the side. He's snoozing. It's just. He has his eyes half open and his tongue is slightly hanging out. Mm -hmm. He just looks completely (laughs) relaxed. I love having Tato around. It's really nice, actually. And I, I know why you love having him around, too. It's just nice having another little beating heart. And, you know, he does give us that consistency of getting out in the morning getting out at night taking him out yeah we've been breaking up the tato walking situation so i typically take him out in the morning and then erica will do the evening and i think that's good for both of us Mm -hmm. because some days there might not be anything else happening especially the really screen heavy days so it actually feels incredible to just take tato out to go to the bathroom yeah i agree and then on the weekends we do big long walks together which is nice but yeah it's been great he's really fun he's a nice distraction and then there's this series that i've been doing on instagram about my new coworker, which i haven't updated in a while but just a lot of pictures of Tato bugging me during the day. Oh my gosh. Everyone who's listening needs to go follow Erica, Erica America on Instagram. Hopefully you'll update the my new coworker series because that is maybe my favorite thing from quarantine. I just love that because Tato is just so expressive. Yes. And he loves Erica too. So there have definitely been some incredible Tato moments. And I was really interested to see what Tato would be like having us around all the time. I I mean, I'm around a lot in general, so he's used to that. But having both of us and then really all the time together, I was wondering if he was was missing his alone time. But I actually actually think he's getting extremely attached even more to both of us. He really is. He follows us everywhere. Like he used to never come in the kitchen and now... Four little balls behind me. Who is it? Okay. <laughs> yep. And even he used to not be a morning dog, yes. but now he's getting up with us. Oh like he God. has to be yeah. wherever we are. When we came in here, we heard the pitter patter of little paws yep. coming in, and now he's snoozing behind us. Yep. yep. My new coworker is always sleeping on the job. Yep. He really is. <laughs> he just turned his face away from us by the way oh my god he literally just turned around like full-on turned his back to us yeah yeah he's full of attitude (laughs) it is interesting though because I have noticed if there have been moments where we're in different places Tato will try to be exactly in the Mm -hmm. middle so he can see both of us so if you're you know at the dining table and I'm in the office he'll lay in this spot that Mm -hmm. is right by the couch where he can see both of us. Yeah. So he's smack dab in the middle. And then he flattens himself like a pancake. Yes, he does. The yeah. pancake move. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you think we've navigated having arguments in quarantine where we can't really go anywhere if we do disagree with each other? Well, I don't think we ever like ran away from each other, but I do think... But sometimes you need space. Yeah. Well, one night you... Or like, I'm leaving, and you walked into the office and closed the door. And it was very clear that I shouldn't follow, and I didn't follow. And I actually really admired that move, because I wasn't going to leave the room, and you did. And then you came back 10 minutes later, and yeah, we were able to like finish a conversation and find some resolution. But I think we actually have had more conflicts living together. Like, there's just more stuff that's come up, and like more things where I feel like I have to express myself. And 
I don't know. I think we had like a lot of tools coming into this that are helping us to ha not have explosive fights where like we need to leave and it's super dramatic. I don't think we've had dramatic fights. Yeah. Well, I think what I've noticed is that we allow ourselves to hash it out over the little things and that prevents those little things from festering into large things, which I think yeah, has we, been really helpful. So if we need to have a fight over, I don't know. We, we do have fights over like comments one of us makes that's like misinterpreted or there's like, it's hurtful for one of the people for a reason that they're not disclosing. And like, because we're spending all this time together, that will come back up. And like it has for me, and I know it has for you. And so we have shown up in those situations, which has been great. And I think also just disagreements over housework too. And I think housework is always an interesting divide when it comes to living with someone and then being in a basically pressure cooker situation. I think it's been interesting to see how we've navigated house chores and also have had discussions around them. Like, you know, I've talked to you about how much work isn't seen in terms of what it takes to make a grocery list. And I was telling Erica just recently what my system is. So not only am I like planning out like what the meals could potentially be for the week, but what like sub meals could be made from that. And mm -hmm. then also I put my grocery list together in the order in which I encounter those items in the grocery store. So I imagine walking into the grocery store and I list all of the produce out first. And then if I'm getting any pasta, like I know the order that I'm moving around in the grocery store. And so I make my list mm -hmm. in that way. So I write my list and then I have to rewrite the list. And then there's the work of going out and actually doing it, coming back, putting all the stuff away. And so I think having just more of an understanding of what actually goes into yeah. these chores. Well, that was advice we heard. I heard from Esther Perel when my boss interviewed her on a show I produced in the early part of the quarantine. One of the pieces of advice she gave to people in relationships in quarantine was to acknowledge and kind of like not over compliment, but like really emphasize the gratitude you have for seeing what someone is doing. And I think you're, you, I don't think, I know you handle all the food in the house. And like, I try and acknowledge that and thank you after every meal or, you know, at different moments or like help unpack the groceries, though I didn't today. Thank you for letting me work. But also like I do all the cleaning and that's a lot. And I'm pretty much doing the laundry too. And you if last week you just like acknowledged out of nowhere how much you appreciated that and it made me feel really good so you know and I'm excited for the rom-dom tonight we're eating oh yeah I just started thinking about that yeah if you haven't watched Parasite it's this noodle dish that was in the movie and when I saw the movie I just thought it looked so delicious when one of the characters was eating these noodles and I had to replicate it. So yeah. now it's one of our go-to quarantine meals. Yeah, it's really good. It has steak in it. Yeah, but I've mostly been making it without the steak. Yeah. Tonight there will be steak. Ugh. Oh yeah, Erica got, got I went it. to the butcher. Yeah. It's udon noodles, ramen noodles, and like flank chunks of flank steak with amazing flavor. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's end with a small victory from your last week. What's something that has 
been small but feels like a big deal to you? Mm, I just got out on a run, which is a small victory. I went back to my place yesterday, which was a small victory. I don't know why it felt like that, but just giving myself the time and space and like going over there. Watering your plants. Watering my plants. I re- I didn't tell you, but I repotted one plant. No, you told me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I sent <laughs> I'm hiding her, what I do. <laughs> I sent her this gif of Kevin McAllister from oh, yeah. Home Alone jumping on the bed when yeah. he's home alone. And I was like, this is you yeah. right now. I think that's my small victory was like just going home and giving myself an afternoon to like just be alone and like putz around and just, just be, which was nice. Well, thanks for being here, Erica. Thanks for having me on, Ingrid. I guess you're going to go back in uh, the next room. I'm going to leave you in the office. (laughs) I'm going to go to the kitchen and keep working. But thanks for having me on. I love your show. Erica, thank you so much again for making the long commute from the dining table to the office to be here today. If you'd like to hear more from Erica and I, check out the episode in season one called The Sober Life. And thank you, of course, to everyone who's out there listening. On the next episode, Christina and I are going to be reflecting on this conversation that we had today. I'm really interested to hear how quarantine is affecting your work life or if you're living with someone and how it's changed your relationship. All you have to do is use the Voice Memos app or Voice Record app and you might just hear what you have to say here on the podcast. While you're here, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review One Step. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at One Step Podcast to stay up to date. Thank you so much to our producer, Christina Cleveland, our sound engineer and editor, Tung Chen, and of course, my studio, which is slightly different today. It is my desk in New York City. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk soon.